Today, we are going to talk about musicals. And the reason for that is simple. Last week, it was my birthday. One week ago exactly, it was my birthday, and my fiance Randy took me to see Hamilton. Now, I've watched Hamilton several times on Disney Plus, and it's a piece that I think everybody should watch at least once. Not only is it like, a lyrical genius being recognized in Lin-Manuel Miranda, but it's also a very historic, like, it's full of education. Like, you can go and watch that show, listen very carefully, and learn a lot. Learn about the history of the founding fathers. It's awesome. You know, everything from Alexander Hamilton to Aaron Burr, to George Washington, to Thomas Jefferson, they're all there. And it's just this beautiful tale of how, you know, a bastard orphan, son of a whore and a Scotsman, dropped in the middle of a forgotten spot in the Caribbean, you know what I mean, grows up to be a hero and a scholar. Like, that's the first essential line of the play. And we hear tones of this throughout, like, throughout the entire show. And it's just, it's the way that Lynn sort of wrote it. It's, and it, like, and it's not for everyone. For the simple fact that it's all singing, right? It's two and a half hours long. But you have to tip your cap 
to a guy who is literally such a lyrical genius that he sort of takes the historic pieces of the tales of Alexander Hamilton and the Founding Fathers and is able to implement them into this show, into this larger-than-life show with just, in my opinion, bangers. The songs are so good. They're so catchy. And if I learned one thing, so like I said, I've watched this show, you know, probably close to 10 times on Disney+, Plus. maybe five times is more accurate. It really shows, like after seeing it in Edmonton, I went to the Jubilee, the uh, Alberta Jubilee Auditorium here in Edmonton. Beautiful venue. If you've ever seen a show of any kind, whether it be a concert or um, a musical, or maybe it's an orchestra, let's say, at the Jubilee, oh, you're going to have a good time. It's just such a well-laid-out venue. It's it's a beautiful venue, and the acoustics in that facility are so good. It doesn't matter where you're sitting. You're going to get the full force of that show, and I love that. So like I was saying, I've seen this probably five times on Disney+, and after seeing it in Edmonton, with different actors, obviously, because... You know, the show is so popular, it's showing throughout all of North America. So there's literally three or four different casts throughout all of North America. I've realized that it's a difficult show to put on, right? And you can really, really see how talented these people have to be, these actors in the show. Because... It's not that the actors were underwhelming. They were not. They were fantastic and everything was on point. But when you watch Hamilton, like the Broadway version that stars Lin-Manuel Miranda, the actors are like, they're better than these actors, if you can believe it. And it's like the sheer pace of the show and... the way that it's portrayed in the version that was recorded in New York City on a night in 2016. Listen, nothing's ever going to compare, you know? And seeing it live is an entirely different experience. I love seeing live musicals. And here's the thing. I've been watching live musicals since I was yay high. There's something about them. They bring out that element inside you that gives you chills, gives you that shiver down your spine. The same thing that I talk about when I talk about movie trailers. There's just something about them that get you emotional, that get you invested. It's the story. It's the plot. It's the way they're singing. It's the way they're dancing. It's the sheer talent on stage. It brings me out of my seat. You know, I was rocking with the cast of Hamilton here in Edmonton. And when I watch the Disney Plus show, and I watch Lin-Manuel Miranda, and I watch Leslie Odom Beckham Jr., and I watch, you know, Jonathan Groff as King George III, that guy, King George III, was eight absolutely horrible human being, you know, ruthless, ruthless in his killings 
and the way he would just kill people for no reason. But he's sort of portrayed in a way that's funny. And you get this comic relief from him when he comes in throughout the show. And just the way that these actors are able to portray him is just hilarious. Like his, basically his calling card throughout the show is, um, he's, he's talking to the people who are revolting against the, the British, the, like it's the revolution is essentially how the show starts. And, you know, 1776, New York City, and they're battling in Yorktown. Like it's the battle of Yorktown. And, King George III, you know, shows up and he, he's got his, you'll be back, soon you'll see, you'll remember what it is to lead. And it's just the way that he comes across, you know, he's like British. You'll be back. He talks like this, King George III. And it's just like sort of this pompous, awesome version of a very, very bad man. Like, I would argue that he could be a Disney princess, <laughs> you know, like he's not blinking. He's spitting all over the place when he's singing. He's just, he's really well done and really well written. And like Lin-Manuel Miranda, when he wrote this show, it's essentially a rap based musical, which is also very appealing to some, right? Especially to me. I love rap music. And I just think the way he ties in the lyrics, it's really well done. And in my opinion, you don't even need to see the musical. You can just listen to it on Apple Music and you sort of get the same effect if you just listen to it in detail, right? Because they're talking um, about everything. Like it's a very descriptive musical. And that's all I really wanted to say about Hamilton. It's just, it's so well done. And it's got some really good songs. I mean, the songs I would recommend are Wait For It, and satisfied, and obviously, my shot. And when Lin-Manuel Miranda talks about my shot, you know, he talks about, like, that's the second song, essentially, in the musical. And he talks about it as, that's the song that he has to get through in order for the rest of the show to go well. Because it's that lyrically difficult that lyrically challenging to rap and when you listen to it like I could listen to it a thousand times and there's still parts of it where it's like wow like you have to know when to breathe and when not to breathe you know what I mean like you have to like time your breaths almost because there's so many lyrics and it's like such a fast song it's just guys it's so well done I highly recommend Hamilton and I just I think if you're a musical lover, that's one that, you know, like for me on my birthday, I was a kid in a candy store. Like my fiance, Randy, she got me the tickets, right? And par for the course, like that's just right up my alley. And funny enough, I, one of my first experiences with my fiance, Randy, was seeing her in a musical, so there you go, you know. She played uh, Claudette. Is it Claudette? Whatever it was. I, I think that's her name. She's like the hairstylist in Legally Blonde. And let me tell you, Randy stole the show in that one. And I just, yeah. 
You know how it's like you hear things of like love at first sight? Well, maybe I didn't have love at first sight, but there was something that intrigued me while I watched her in that musical. And now here we are, engaged to be married. And it's like another tie for me to musicals that I just get really excited about. The other thing I wanted to talk about is like movies that are technically a musical, but weren't a Broadway musical beforehand. Like, for example, A Star is Born. I use this example because A Star is Born is one of my favorite movies that could have been a great movie without the musical element. But instead, there's music laid in throughout, original music that was written for the movie. And it just makes it that much better. It brings you to this more emotional place. You know, you sort of gain a further respect for the characters as you're watching. Like, listen, Lady Gaga in A Star is Born is about as good as you can get for, you know, a female vocalist besides, you know, funny girl Barbara Streisand, let's say. Like, powerful, powerful stuff. I know everybody here has heard the song Shallow because it's become sort of like a a pop mainstream hit. Her and Bradley Cooper sing that song together. And, you know, that's the turning point in the movie. That's where her character becomes famous. She hops on stage with Jackson, who is this rock star. Bradley Cooper plays him. And let's, let's not forget, Bradley Cooper directs A Star is Born. And that movie is heartbreaking, guys. It is heartbreaking. I remember I saw that movie with Randy. We went in theaters in Sherwood Park. And, you know, obviously I was really choked up. But we actually couldn't leave afterwards <laughs> during the credits because Randy was still quite upset. Like, she was still crying. And she, it, like, by all means, that's essentially how I felt, too. It's just heartbreaking. And spoiler alert, if you, don't, if you haven't seen it, this is a spoiler alert. Um, but here's the thing, you know, Jackson, Bradley Cooper's character, ultimately takes his own life um, after a battle with alcohol. And it's a tragedy. It's a tragic story. But the payoff is Lady Gaga's final song. And I just, you feel her emotions and you feel, you know, that heartbreak in that final song. And that's what makes it such a powerful, powerful song and a powerful moment, you know? For a guy like Bradley Cooper to direct that, it shows his ability to give an audience emotion. And I was really, really impressed with him. When I talk about some of the, you know, movies that are maybe more music-based, like they add the music in that we know and love. Like I talk about, let's say the Elvis biopic or the, any of these biopics. I talked about um, biopics in a recent blog post. Um, I think I called it like biopics, rain, and more biopics or something. And I just talked about the fact that with these biopics, we don't really see the R-rated side of these 
icons like Elvis, like Freddie Mercury, like Elton John. They lived very R-rated lifestyles. But what we see is sort of Disney Prince-like, glamorous, you know, PG-13 life. Which is fine. But those are sort of movies that I'm talking about where we see the musical element. We see Bohemian Rhapsody um, being sung. We see, you know, We Will Rock You. Like, just classic songs, right? Rocket Man. Um, And then with Elvis, obviously... I haven't seen Elvis yet, but that's another one that I would classify as a movie that brings in the musical element. But now I want to switch over to musicals, like actual musicals that are brought to screen or adapted to screen after they were famous on Broadway or, you know, are meant to be a sheer musical. I think of the newer movies like In the Heights. I think of... Tick, Tick, Boom with Andrew Garfield. If you haven't seen Tick, Tick, Boom on Netflix, do yourself a favor and watch that one. Andrew Garfield is just a gem in that film. And he's so talented. And it's fun to watch. I love watching a solo lead, whether it be male or female. I love just watching them do their thing and killing it. You know, Vanessa Vanessa Hudgens from... High School Musical is in that. And hey, maybe that's part of the reason why I love musicals. is because High School Musical was literally as cheesy as it may be. Zac Efron, Vanessa Hudgens, all those characters. Ashley Tisdale, you know, the Disney prince and princesses of the real world as we grew up. Us teens that loved, you know, the, those, you know, teen magazines and, you know, just the faces you saw everywhere. And not only did these characters like, or these actors and actresses, I should say, not only do we see them evolve over time, we're still seeing them in film, you know? We're still seeing guys like Zac Efron doing his thing, acting. But the first glimpse that I got of him was in High School Musical. And I love those songs, you know? As cheesy as they may be, they they grab me. I like that. And what I'm saying with, Tick, Tick, Boom is it's the story of the guy who wrote the musical Rent. Now, if you don't know what Rent is, it's just about a bunch of people who are dealing with the AIDS virus in New York City. And Andrew Garfield's character who wrote Rent, it's about his first sort of entry play into Broadway and just how hard he worked at that show and the music in it is just phenomenal and the story is phenomenal and guess what he didn't live to see his Emmy award-winning show Rent he didn't see it succeed he wrote this beautiful beautiful show And then he had a brain aneurysm at age 31. And it's just, it's so tragic that it almost shocks you when you're watching the credits of Tick, Tick, Boom and you hear about this and you go, damn, I didn't know that. Like, you know that song in Rent at the very beginning? Everybody's heard this song at some point if they've, you know, 
been intrigued by musicals. It's at 525,600 minutes. That song right there. I heard it not only in Rent, but I heard it in Glee after Cory Monteith died. That's the guy who played Finn Hudson in Glee. And he was so good. And they titled that episode The Quarterback. And it's essentially the song, in a way, is about death. 525,600 minutes to live. You know? Like, it's a beautiful song. And they're all dressed in black with blue jeans, singing to this big picture of Cory Monteith. Um, And yeah, it hits home. Musicals are sad. They have this element that can just, they can dig into your soul, you know, and they can just find that emotion and just bring it out of you, whether it's sadness or happiness. I think of the opening number in Tick, Tick, Boom, where Andrew Garfield's character is sitting at the piano and he's just sort of playing the piano like that one little bit, that one little line. And it's super simple. You know, anybody could play that tiny little bit on the piano. But it's how the music builds around that first chord that he's playing on the piano. And it just builds into something more and more. And he's talking about how it's his 30th birthday and how he's he hasn't done anything with his life, you know? And he talks about how other people, how successful people what they've accomplished by his age. It's brilliant. I highly, highly recommend Tick, Tick, Boom. You know, I think of In the Heights. I haven't seen In the Heights, but that's another Lin-Manuel Miranda. There's a new version of West Side Story out with Ansel Elgert. West Side Story is another really, really good musical that I haven't given it a shot yet. But I just know from hearsay that it's a fantastic musical. Chicago. If you've seen Chicago, you know about the tango. You know, they're all sitting in their cells, the cell block tango. That's a good one too. There's actually an Apple Music playlist that you can go and find that sort of gives you these awesome, awesome musicals. And you can just listen to them. They're they're feature songs, essentially. And there are some from Tick, Tick, Boom. Hamilton's on there. One other thing I wanted to say about Hamilton was that Lynn uses the word sir hundreds of times in the musical. But that's how he brings back the chorus. He's, you know, pardon me. Are you Aaron Burr, sir? Well, that depends. Who's asking? Oh, well, sure, sir. I'm Alexander Hamilton. I'm at your service, sir. You know, like, that's so smart to me, how you use the word sir as your... It's sort of like a the gift that keeps on giving, you know, with his with his lyrics. And it just sort of ties together the whole play. And you can use multiple plot lines and multiple, you know, songs, but just bring back that word sir in order to tell your tale. That's how that's what he uses to sort of create dialogue throughout the show. And I thought that was really well done. You know, another one, Dear Evan Hansen. Waving through a window is one of the best songs ever. It is so good. And the way Ben Platt sings that song, if you don't don't know who Ben Platt is, he was in Pitch Perfect movies. And I mean, if you haven't seen Pitch Perfect, that's another trilogy of movies that I would recommend. You know, it's just, 
They're cheesy, but they're upbeat. They give you sort of songs from mainstream 2010s that you just sort of like, they're nostalgic for me. I like Pitch Perfect, but also I love Anna Kendrick. And you think of the cup song, you know, where she's banging the cup on the, uh, during her audition, she's got the, she's got her little plastic cup and she's using her little, it was actually like that dance that she's doing with the cup and singing, that became a trend. I remember that was all over Vine. Who remembers Vine, by the way? Vine was the app that was basically what TikTok is now, but just a little bit toned down and just didn't quite take flight. I always think of TikTok as like a bunch of people from Vine that just never made it. And then TikTok is like that step up from Vine. But like, I remember people used to do that Red Cup song all the time. I think it's actually called the Cup song. But again, Ben Platt is in that. And he's the star of Dear Evan Hansen. The thing that I'm jealous of is that I think that Dear Evan Hansen is the perfect example of a Broadway musical that was so damn good and so made for that stage that when they did the film adaptation, it just didn't do as well. You know, there were some choices made. They made, you know, Ben Platt look quite silly. They gave him such a childish look, like almost to the point that it wasn't realistic. They should have just kept his hair and everything the same as it was for the show, like for the play. But the music still holds up. And that's, that's really a show in Dear Evan Hansen that is also heartbreaking. You know, it's, it's, you're rooting for a liar is how I feel. Evan Hansen commits, you know, a monstrous lie, but it's in a way it's not his fault. It just sort of falls into this. It just sort of snowballs is what I'm trying to say. And it's also a heartbreaking show. But ultimately, like Dear Evan Hansen is one that you should watch and that you should listen to because it's just, the music in it is so damn good. And like I said, waving through a window, Ben Platt's vocals on that song are unmatched. And I highly recommend that one. Let's move on to The Greatest Showman. Who's seen The Greatest Showman? I have, not once, not twice, not a hundred times, but probably closer to 200 times. That's one that I went in December of 2018 when it came out. I went to the theater again with Randy and we didn't really know what to expect. You know, it's the, it's the tale of P.T. Barnum and his circus and how he sort of accepted different looking people. You know, you got the bearded lady, you got the wolf man, you got, you know, the giant, the, the, the little person riding around on the horse, all this stuff, all these elements, but they deliver a musical with a punch. That one is an action-packed musical. The songs in it make you want to rock out, like literally rock out. And Hugh Jackman is one of the rare voices of our generation. Hugh Jackman is such a powerful vocalist 
I don't think he gets enough credit for that. Maybe he does because he's got his own damn show that he tours with, you know? Like he tours, I think it's called like, I think it's called like something showman too. Like I think it's called like, the. it's not the greatest showman, but it's like the man, the myth, the show or something like that. Anyways, he tours all of North America except for Canada. Wow, wow. And he sings all of his songs, all of his famous songs. You know, Hugh Jackman, he's in Les Miserables. And that's another one. I want to talk about Anne Hathaway too. Like, oh guys, Anne Hathaway's performance of I Dreamed a Dream. Look that up on YouTube and just watch her performance that won her the Oscar. It's literally two and a half minutes or three minutes of her singing this song, I Dreamed a Dream. And the emotions that she goes through in that three-minute scene that, by the way, didn't have a single cut and was live sang, like they didn't do it separately in a vocal box after the, like after the movie was filmed. That whole musical, as good or bad as it may be, subject to opinion, of course, it's all live sang. It's all live singing. And that was super effective. Les Miserables is a very powerful sort of, I would label that more as a darker musical, but Anne Hathaway's performance in that, it's just that three minute scene makes that whole show worth it. And I think of like, I'm bringing it back to Hugh Jackman. That's the guy who makes the greatest showman worth it. You know, I often watch a YouTube video of this is early, early talks of the greatest showman kind of trying to get greenlit by the studio. And it's a room full of executives. And Hugh Jackman had just had a piece of skin cancer removed from his nose and the doctor didn't allow him to sing. But to have the effect of Hugh Jackman being sort of this figure, he stood at the front of the room with the chorus of the show and a guy standing next to him reading his lines, singing his lines. But Hugh decides about a quarter of the way into the song to sing it. And the result, it's, it's the reason that The Greatest Showman was greenlit. His vocals and his emotion, his passion coming out, you know, defying the odds of what the doctor said. You know, don't be singing, don't be putting too much pressure on your nose. And you can see him throughout while he's singing so powerfully, checking that spot, like checking the stitches on his nose to make sure he's not bleeding. But he's just raw talent. And that's something you can't teach. Those vocals are something you can't teach. Ben Platt with, with Dear Evan Hansen. You can't teach that. Lady Gaga, you cannot teach talent. You can teach someone how to sing. You, you truly can. You can teach anyone how to sing. You can teach them all the proper techniques. But you cannot teach talent. And I think of like, like with The Greatest Showman, Zac Efron is in that one. Zendaya is in that one. Again, they have a beautiful song called Rewrite the Stars. 
That's a gorgeous song and a beautiful duet. Highly recommend The Greatest Showman. Catch Me If You Can. Have you guys seen that one? On, I think it's on Netflix right now, actually. That's a Leonardo DiCaprio movie. That's a, that's a great example of a show that was a movie that was turned into a musical afterwards on Broadway. That musical is one of my favorites. Again, Doctor's Orders, um, these sort of songs. Like, the song Doctor's Orders is essentially like a bunch of women in nurse outfits singing about how, you know, an apple a day keeps the doctor away and how awesome that story is of that guy. That's so... I'm going to butcher this, but I think it's William Abagnale Jr. was his name or something like that. And Catch Me If You Can is the story of how he sort of gets away from uh, Hanratty, <laughs> the, uh, the cop. And Tom Hanks obviously plays him in the movie. But the dynamic in the musical is a lot better because there's sort of this um, returning theme of let's make some butter out of cream. You know, he talks about his... So, the character, the main character, his dad is always talking about the mouse that, you know, got out of, like, paddled so hard, like, fought so hard when it fell in a bucket of cream that it churned it into butter. And that's sort of the returning narrative throughout the whole tale, is that this William Abagnale Jr. has the... He has the will of that mouse that sort of turned the butter into cream. And there's this beautiful sort of like jazz noir style melodic tone throughout the whole musical. And I think that that's a case where the feature film isn't as good as the musical that was created because you sort of get this narrative that is a lot easier to sort of get on board with, with Hanratty chasing William throughout, you know, all of his adventures and all of his disguises and all of this stuff. But you add this sort of jazzy musical element to it and it just gets you going. It gets you hopping out of your seat. And I, if you haven't listened to the, the soundtrack for Catch Me If You Can, that's another one I highly recommend. Finally, I want to talk about, like, Disney in general. Because I think of all of the movies... Like, here's another reason, okay? So I was born in 1995. So why do I love musicals? Well, let's look back. Let's think of all of the Disney products that came out around that time. Well, there's Hercules. There's Mulan. There's Lion King. You know? All have musical elements. Hunchback of Notre Dame. One of my favorite... No, it is. It's my favorite musical of all time. Favorite Disney musical, I should say. And I, I, the reason The Hunchback of Notre Dame is my favorite is because of Frodo. It's because of The Hunchback's Quasimodo, his master, sings a song called Hellfire. And it is by far the darkest 
Disney movie out there. Animated Disney movie, of course. And he sings Hellfire. And Hunchback is on my bucket list to see on Broadway because I need to hear Hellfire live. It's so dark. It's so evil. But yet it's so powerful. You know? Like, Fro- is it Frodo or Frollo? It might be Frollo. Frodo is Lord of the Rings. But um, either way, Quasimodo's master, he sings of um, Esmeralda and how she's sort of, he's attracted to her. He's seduced by her. You know, when he pleads to um, his God, essentially, to help him. You know, Beata Maria, you know I am a righteous man. You know, like he's... He's so good. Hellfire, dark fire. Now, gypsy, it's your turn. It's so good. Choose me or... Okay, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to keep singing it. Because you guys didn't come here to listen to me sing. You came here to find out what it is that I'm talking about when I talk about musicals. My final notes are this, guys. I've loved musicals since I was a child. I will die loving musicals. And I think if you like music and you can sort of have the patience to wait out the plot lines or see musicals live. Like, so for example, I've seen only three musicals live that were like actual full production musicals. I've seen Cats. Cats was my first. I saw that with my mom and sister. And then I saw Wicked. And I mean, cats, I love cats. I have, I have a very, very soft spot for Andrew Lloyd Webber and his musicals. Now, the musical theater community, they don't love Andrew Lloyd Webber. You know, he plays it very safe with his lyrics. He plays it safe with his choices. Cats is a very, you know, you think of the song Memories and Cats. That's a beautiful song. But it's a safe musical in the sense that, like, there's no risks being taken. Phantom of the Opera. I don't really like Phantom of the Opera. It's boring, right? But there's the one song, Music of the Night. And Gerard Butler, 300, King Leonidas, you know, badass Gerard Butler, smoke show Gerard Butler, Hugo Boss model Gerard Butler. Well, he plays the Phantom and he sings Music of the Night. Beautifully, I may add. And to me, that's worth it. Andrew Lloyd Webber may not bring, you know, the most in-depth lyrics, but he still understands what it takes to put on a musical and to make something effective. So what I'm saying is, have the patience to watch a musical. Take the time to listen to the soundtrack if you're not a, mu- if you're not a movie person. Have the patience to give it a try. But when you give it a try, invest. Invest your time. That's what I do. I mean, I, like I said, I'm going to love musicals till my dying day. And that's just me. But the thing is, is musicals are beautiful. They're beautiful. And they give you that, es- that escape. You know, whether you're watching them live in a theater or you're watching them in a movie theater or you're listening to them at home. 
you know, musicals can be taken from content like The Wizard of Oz, classic tale, right? Classic, classic tale. Judy Garland, you know, beautiful voice. Somewhere over the rainbow. We all know that song. It's a great song. But Judy Garland makes that so much better because of the beautiful, beautiful vocals. And then we take that concept and you turn it into Wicked and you get one of the most powerful songs of all time in Defying Gravity. And you think of Adina Menzel. Well, these people, they live through the ages. Adina Menzel, she was cast as Alphaba, who is essentially the witch, the wicked witch of the West. But now she comes out with this beautiful, powerful song about how she's not going to take it anymore. You know, the crowd's calling her wicked. You know, they're, they've got their torches. Grab your torch and pitchforks. Doesn't that bother you? Shrek reference. Yes. And we get Defying Gravity. One of my favorite songs live. That's another show I've seen. And now I've seen Hamilton. All of which I highly recommend. So patience. Grab the headphones. Listen in. Pay attention. And maybe you'll enjoy it too. Maybe you'll get that familiar chill. That friendly chill that crawls up the spine that makes you sweat, that makes you cry, that makes you tingle. That's what musicals are. That's what musicals do. I've been Comic Book Movie Guy. You guys have been the best audience ever. Thanks for listening to this one. I'll see you guys next time. I'm Comic Book Movie Guy. The dreams that cannot be And there are storms we cannot weather would be so different from this hell I'm living so different now from what it seemed oh life has killed the dream And the Oscar goes to Miss Anne Hathaway. Yeah.